Uh, <clears throat> this is a real joy for me to have my parents, or Dell and I, to have my parents here this last week just for a short visit. My dad's 86, my mom's 88. And, uh, you know, I just, it, it reminds you uh, Christmas time and time with family just reminds you of your life. <laughs> Good and bad, amen? <laughs> but, you know, we learn and we grow ahead in Christ when we, we give it all to him. And, uh, but one thing my dad um, said about our body, about our family, Trinity, uh, they were here two years ago. And he said there's, there's quite a large difference in the body of Christ here at Trinity that he's seen. He said there's a level of hunger that uh, is present today. And um, he spoke just a lot about how it's, it's so exciting to see what God is doing here in this body. And the fact that we get to be a part of it. <laughs> that God just swooped down and picked us, Del and I up and brought us here. Um, we are just so humbled. And uh, you see, you, you cry a lot. Well, when God touches me, uh, it affects my tear ducts. So. <laughs> because it's his presence. And I'm so hungry for his presence. And I'm glad that I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a, a body that, a family that is hungry for his presence and wants him to move. And, for, and I'm just so grateful for um, what has been built over the generations about and what God is doing in this generation yeah. with uh, just Mark and Jen and the leadership that's here to be part of it. And um, as I was praying and preparing last week, I started talking about the light and about us being the light and some of the, um, some of the uh, things that distinguish the light, like the fact that we make peace with our disappointments sometimes and we just we just accept what's gone on in life uh, and we don't actually fully step into the fact that God will redeem everything his name is redeemer so when Jesus steps on the scene he does nothing but redeem what was lost and uh, isn't that powerful like I, I heard I heard this, and um, many of you know, Del and I, we, we, we were, uh, we, we lost our daughter. We were moving towards having a daughter, uh, adopting a daughter, and it fell apart, and it was, it was tragic for us. And uh, the enemy wanted to destroy it, but, you know, God has been redeeming what he's been doing, and um, he's working in that area again in us. And that's redemption. And we just, you know, we're believing for the full, the full measure of what he wants to do. And in your life, in my life, we, I have to just, we have to go after this. We have to contend for, if it's healing, let's contend for it. Because 
we heard Jackie shared, he is the healer. Everything that he has said, it's, it's not just doctrine or theology. It is the absolute truth. It is the absolute truth. And um, when we get to a place, we, we live in a, a society like in, in our day and age where there's questions that come from every side as to whether our faith really is truth. But we know, according to his word, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And he is the truth. Everything that he has declared. And, and, you know, we go through trials and tribulations. And sometimes we allow our disappointments to shape how we feel or what we perceive God to be. But our our perception of him is not who he is he is who he is and what we need is for him to come and invade our perception and bring truth in and reveal that's why i've been like for me i've just heard the light in so many different uh, uh, conversations in in our body and it just kept it was like god was saying just talk about this talk about this because i am showing the light on my church like never before. And I, I believe that we will get so full of the light that it will absolutely pierce the darkness here in Victoria. And um, I, I heard a statistic, and I forget his name, like in one day around the world, there's over 133,000 people that come to Jesus. Hundred. Over 133,000 people that make a decision today for Jesus. Isn't that powerful? And the fact that around the world today, there's the miraculous, there's healings. His light is being felt around the world. And so we just need to be reminded about who he is and what he's doing. Because there's voices from all sorts of directions coming, trying to change the truth of who he is. But he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the light. And uh, so us as a family, and I, I, today, um, the the scripture verse that, that, we were out of last week, and I want to just uh, touch on today again is First John, chapter one, verse seven. First John, chapter one, verse seven. It says this. Let's start reading in. Um, sorry, let's start reading in verse five of First John one. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. (laughs) I love that. John had to accentuate the fact that in him there is no darkness at all. He is the light. Mm -hmm. If we say we have fellowship with him, verse 6, and walk in darkness... We lie 
and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Uh, I'll read on, but verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Isn't that powerful? Just uh, as I read that, and the Holy Spirit just arrested me with this verse, um, the, the, the word fellowship with one another. We fellowship with him, and we fellowship with one another. Um, the, the word fellowship in other areas of the scripture, if you go look at it, also pertains to family. And uh, it pertains to a koinonia, uh, a communion, a body. And it's an action that we as the body, the ecclesia, the word calls us, is a, a group of believers. That word koinonia is we are together coming to contribute We come to contribute together. Each and every one of us in this place this morning has God-given gifts and callings. Do you believe that? Okay, if you believe it, just show me by a wave of your hand. I just want to make sure we... That's the word, because every single one of us have a gift and have a calling on our life. And so... When we come and we bring that gift into the body and we contribute, we fellowship. Fellowship has been maligned by the fact that it's what we do after church around coffee. It's not that. That's just, that's fellowship. That's hanging out and talking. But fellowship is when we are together contributing in the body. God has called us to be family. And this was what really struck my heart, was how he, God is the originator of family. He is the originator of family. So there's, um, excuse me, I'm technically challenged at times. The Greek word for family is Patria, P-A-T-R-I-A, Greek. It's derived from pater, P-A-T-E-R, the word for father. The concept of family originated with Father God. That's when we get intimate and close with Father God, we start to understand what it is to walk in fellowship, what it is to walk in his purpose, what it is to be the light. It starts with intimacy with God. It starts with you and I individually making our time with God a priority. And nothing will ever change that. And there's been all sorts of voices in this day and age that 
want to try and frame our, our, our belief and our Christian walk around something else. But if you look at the word across, Jesus exemplified it, how often he went to the hill to be alone and pray with Father God, to commune with his Father. And he was the Trinity. He was part of it. He was the Son. And you and I are sons and daughters, and we have to, we have to be in his presence. I, I am only... Uh, as effective in the, in the gifts and callings. He'll use us despite. Yes, I know that. We know that, right? That's despite where we are. I'm not talking about works or I'm not talking about uh, anything of that nature. I'm talking about the fact that we, when we get into that place where we're in the presence of God, He speaks and He changes us from the inside. His light begins to shine and he says, I, I can give you the answer for that fear. I can give you the answer for how you were treated growing up by, by your family or by your abandonment. I, I, can, I, can, I can change that. I can come and reframe what I say about you. How I, how I look at you. That's powerful. And so, when we live in the light, and I love it because the end of, of verse 7, it says, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. It cleanses us from all sin. There's something about his fellowship, or there's something about us fellowshipping with the light and with each other. And then recognizing the fact that we, we are called to, to be the most authentic people on the face of the earth. Yeah. We can be authentic because we have the life of Jesus. We know what the truth is. And the world is looking for authentic relationship. It talks about accountability in this scripture verse. Verses 8, 9, and 10 go on. And it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. There is an accountability when, when we are together. It's, we can recognize when, when we get into the presence of God, we recognize what he saved us out of. We're reminded. There is, in this scripture verse, he's framing repentance, humility, teachability, a place of where I, I am, I just come to you and I recognize that without you I'm nothing. 
And if we claim to be something, if we claim to be without, without sin or without a, a, back, a back life that we have been saved out of, people will, when they come into our life, they don't want to meet a, a, a so-called church person, if I, for lack of a better way of explaining it. They want to know, they want to have a true relationship. People are looking for true authentic connection and when we can recognize and always and walk in the place where i recognize what i was saved out of i i know where my source is i know where my healing came from where my restoration came from where my deliverance came from it came from jesus and apart from it he's john's just laying the foundation here of what light is. It's recognizing it's him working through us. Amen? The light Jesus shines forth the change in us personally and shows us a life that is in fellowship with Jesus. The light is brought forth from an intimate relationship with Jesus as we've spoken about. The light Jesus in us is a testimony to the world of true fellowship, true family, what that looks like. When they look at Trinity, I've, I've, I've heard it already testified of this church. People come here and they say, there's something different. There's, there's like, it's like a family. And God puts the lonely in family. I've heard that. Isn't that powerful? That's the testimony that we want in our community. The light Jesus. The world wants authentic connections. It runs to clubs, to rotaries, to gangs, to village, to community. The world wants true connection. Through authentic love, support, care, and belonging. We get to bring this truth. We should demonstrate it to the world willingly. That we are committed to acceptance and forgiveness and change. Submission, uh, the word says, preferring one another. We prefer one another. It's a baptism of love. If, if um, We're going to go into Ephesians here in a minute, but um, to talk a little bit more about that. We should demonstrate to the world the willingness to commit to this. It's esteeming. It's esteeming one another. It's the heart of a servant. My, 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 when I'm with a brother or a sister in the Lord, I, I am there to just to bless and to serve them. That's the heart of Jesus. Everywhere he went, he just he wanted to bless. He wanted to serve. He wanted to pour out his, his light on the world. And as I was saying in 1 John, sorry, I got ahead of my notes here, but 1 John goes on to touch on the area of sin and the tone of the message, as we just read, is remember what you were saved from. Remember that it's Jesus' righteousness working in us. It's not our righteousness, it's his righteousness working in us. 
that enables us to stand and to be in unity. You know, the, the, the problem with our, our misconception sometimes of unity is that is if we just gather together, that's unity. No, it's not. It's when we come together with the purpose that we want to see Jesus glorified in our presence. That that's when unity happens. The family should carry this spirit, the spirit of humility, teachability, and accountability. This scripture verse, if you go and you look at the word koinonia and the tone of this whole thing that John was writing to us in the church, it was one of saying, we become accountable to Jesus and we become accountable to one another. When, when you're not here from... When we're not together from Monday to Saturday, we carry the representation of the light into our workplaces. This is a a fraction of the time on Sunday morning. We come to get fed, to get built up, to get equipped, to build relationship, all these things which are good. So that when we go and we exist in the place of our work, our jobs, our school, whatever it might be, our homes, we are the light. As I said last week, Jesus, when he came into the world, he said, I am the light. And then when he left, he said, you are the light. Go and shine. Go and shine forth. When we submit ourselves to the light, we get healed. We get restored, cleansed, and forgiven. We can step into our preferred calling because our hearts are positioned to serve. To walk in love, to operate apart from offense and indifference. The world says, I want to be part of that. That's what we want. We want the church... uh, Corporately across Victoria, from every side of this, this island, this great city, um, we want them to look at the body of Christ. Not with, with the judgment that has been um, so common in these day and age. Come on, let's, let's be real. That's what it, it looks at. The church, it's it, it scoffed and mourned in it. And we, we talked about it even this morning uh, that even across our city, you know, the churches are struggling even to keep their doors open. But God is doing something different in the world this day. And if we need to step into it, we have to change. We have to be the ones who say, I want what you're doing today, Lord. I want what you're doing today. I grew up in the Pentecostal church. And, uh, you know, this church birthed out of Azusa Street, you know, revival, healings. It was a good heritage. But, you know, it, it can become absolutely ineffective if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to be the one who comes in and takes over. And it starts from the top down, if I can say it that way. It, and God is, is framing the church in a, in a different way these days. If, 
uh, for lack of a better way to explain it. He wants to use the whole entire body. Not that he didn't before, but he's he's, um, accentuating in it in these days because there is such a mighty need upon our earth for the light to go forth, for the church to shine forth as he's called it to. And so I say, do whatever you want to do, Lord. And our hearts, our desire has to to be for nothing else but his presence in our life. Hello. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? That's what he wants. And and he he knows how to do the work. He knows how he wants to to bring that to us. We just have to walk in love, walk in that accountability, walk in fellowship with one another. You, You can't isolate and expect growth. I've isolated before, and I didn't grow. I just went... I went the other direction. It's, it's only when I have allowed myself to be accountable to those around me. And when I've just been humble enough to allow people to speak into my life, that change comes. It's, a, it's that rubbing, you know. And I tell you, it's hard, but it's a good place. It's a good place because it's a place of growth. It, it's, it's a place where, where God comes and he, he begins to reveal, reveal the, the dross that's in our life and, and to bring it up so that it can be skimmed off by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I use that analogy because I used to work in a, um, a smelter. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, uh, I worked in the lead refinery. And we would pour these huge, uh, we called them jumbos, but they, they were these pots about this high and the molten lead would pour in. And my job was to come along and skim across. I had two paddles and I just skimmed across and I took the dross out. I skimmed across and we had eight of these things in a circle. That was my job. Twelve hours of that. And... Uh, Boy, I t- <laughs> when I was doing that job, I sure wasn't thinking about the dross and, and all this, this whole, you know, what, what God's trying to say about refiner's fire and all this stuff. I was, I was not singing refiner's fire. I was, think- <laughs> I was thinking, wow, this is, Lord, get me another job. <laughs> but, you know, that's what, that's what he does. You know, the, the fire, so the, the, the definition we talked about last week, one of the definitions of the light is fire. Because in Bible days, they didn't have light bulbs. Amen? Yeah. They had fire. And uh, as we said last week, uh, many times when they're going from traveling from camp to camp, they had embers that they had, coal embers that they would carry with them. And when they needed fire, they had the embers that they could stoke for the fire to be present. The embers of the Holy Spirit live within one of every single one of us who named Jesus as Lord. 
And at any moment, if we are desiring it, if we're hungering for it, the Holy Spirit can come and blow upon the embers of his presence living within us so that we can do what he's called us to do. The world says, I want to be part of that. I want to belong to what's happening with that group. I've seen it. I know you have. We all desire this. It's what we are created for, true family. Uh, there's a, a lady by the name of Karen Cobell. And I, I really encourage you to go and uh, YouTube Karen Covell, last name spelled C-O-V-E-L. Her and her husband have had a prayer ministry for, I think it's 35 years in Hollywood. He is, uh, he is a, a movie producer. No, sorry. She's the movie producer, and he writes scores for, um, for movies, for the movie industry. So... They, have, they live, have lived in it. They know all the famous people you and I would probably want to know. And they've had effect. And they have had a prayer ministry in Hollywood praying for actors, film stars, for 35 years. And they've continued on. Sean Boltz is now very much connected with this, this couple. But Karen Covell talks about a uh, an incident where her and a colleague got to go and interview Hugh Hefner. Do you know who Hugh Hefner is? And uh, when they, um, yes, he's passed away. At, but when when they sat down with Hugh Hefner. Um, he brings in his entourage and all his people that are normally with him when he's, you know, has these television interviews or radio interviews. And it's all a show, right? And they sat down and they prayed that they would, they would go in there with the word of God and just be the light in this situation. And as they sat down and began to interview him, they just, they simply asked him, what was your childhood like? And nobody had asked Hugh Hefner what his childhood was like. Everybody wanted to know how he grew his empire. And I, 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 almost, I weep when I hear about this, this man. Because as a boy... He grew up in a family with no love. At the age of three, he grew up with a mother who never showed any affection and a father who never showed any affection or love. They never hugged him. They never gave any love to him. And at, the, uh, at, at a young age, he got an ear infection in his ear and he needed surgery and his mother was a severe germaphobe so she would just she would clean everything and, and 
Hugh just wanted a, a puppy so bad. He wanted a puppy. And finally, in, in this whole, with his ear being infected, and he went in and had his surgery, and he, come out, he came out, and um, he, um, when they bought this puppy, they didn't realize, so, sorry, oh, back to story. His, his mother, his mother didn't want him to have a puppy. And finally, she was convinced by, by a friend, just, just buy Hop a puppy. He's just, he's recovering from this ear infection. And so they broke down and they bought him a puppy. Unknowingly, the puppy was sick. And three days later, the puppy died. And Hugh had taken this blanket that he had loved so much, and he had given it to the puppy. And on the border of these blankets was bunnies. You see the correlation? And he had laid this blanket down, and he had put the puppy on. And then it died three days later. And they buried the puppy, but... The mother took the blanket because she was a severe germaphobe and she burnt it in front of Hugh. And the story goes on and he be, he's, he's telling this story about how he, he grew up and through his adolescence he started to go and just look for love, a place of belonging, a place where he could feel loved and he could feel that authentic love. And it grew and grew and grew until as a man, he grew this, the industry, playboy industry. And the point that I'm, that stuck with me is that here is a young boy who was influenced to the point where he influenced the world, the history of the world. Right? You hear what I'm saying? And we spoke, you know, that, that is one example of here's a life that if the presence of God would have, would have just been influenced and the point of it is that the love and affection that every single person on the face of this earth is longing for, you and I can bring that in truth. We can bring that to the world in truth. Thank you, Lord. The identity, the identity of the family is, and sorry, I'll, I'll close here soon, but. The identity of the family is this. If you would go to me to Ephesians chapter 3 as we try and land this. Verse 8. Ephesians 3, 8 says, To me, Paul is speaking, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach amongst the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God, 
who created all things through Jesus Christ to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church, by the family, by the family, to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom we have boldness and access and confidence through the faith of him. Therefore, we ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for what for you which is your glory verse 14 for this reason i bow my knee to the father of our lord jesus christ for whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named to the whole family of heaven and earth is named that you would grant that that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. I love how it says, with all the saints. That's his desire, with all the saints. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that works in us, To him be glory in the church, in the family, by Christ Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The fellowship of the mystery. The fellowship Paul describes is is his driving desire to help every believer see the personal role each has in dispensing, that is, spreading distributing and administering the grand truth of God's purpose in the church. Isn't that powerful? That's what Paul's saying. Every single one of us taking stock, taking responsibility to bring forth the truth in dispensing it, distributing it, administrating it, spreading it to the intent that now The manifold wisdom of God. If you go and you look at what the word manifold means, it talks about his manifold wisdom. It's talking about colors and arrays. And like these are the things that that Paul was was explaining about what wisdom is. It's, It's vast. And it moves. And the wisdom of God being poured on every single one of us so that we have the ability to have wisdom in the midst of our circumstance, in the midst of our life. Isn't that powerful? To the intent that now, in verse 10, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known. A God who has every angle covered, that's who he is. 
The wisdom of God might be made known through the church, through the, va- the family. Verse 12 talked about boldness and access, confidence through faith in him. Don't lose heart in tribulation, which is your glory. You know, whatever we're contending for, whatever we are believing for in whether it's a miracles for our families, for lost loved ones, whatever it might be, his glory in us and his glory working in their lives is what, we'll, is what we can depend on. He has every angle covered. He has every, every single thing that we have, you know, while well, like, you know, my daughter's unsaved or, or whatever it might be. My son is unsaved. He's walked away. God knows how to bring them back. He knows. It's just us continually going to him, continually walking towards him, allowing him to speak. And sorry, as I've I've gone on a little bit, I'll land this ship here. We are being built and will continue to be built into a family of light to display his glory. To him be glory in the church, in the family. Victoria needs a family of light. It groans for this revelation. And I felt like as as I was reading this portion of scripture in Ephesians, therefore, for this reason, I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus from whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. As I was thinking about us as a family, and I I just began to pray and ask, I I really feel like what the Holy Spirit was trying to accomplish today is that we would grow in deep intimacy with Jesus. that we would grow in deep intimacy with Jesus. That means that the light means fire, that we would ask for the fire to be in us. That we would ask for the Holy Spirit to be stoked in our life. Are you hearing me today? Just, Just stick with me just for a minute longer. God wants to do something in our, in our house, in our family. Because he wants, to, he wants to use us to win Victoria. And if we have the desire for fire in our lives, for the light in our lives, that will be the difference maker as we go out. That we would grow in humility, in teachability, and love. He does not deny a humble spirit, a humble heart. I do not have all the answers, but he does. I have one who has all the answers living within me. That we we would be hungry for that move of God. And that we would contend, we would contend for what God is contending for here in Trinity. 
and across our city. God does put the lonely in families. He's after people in our city because he wants them to be part of the family of God. His will is that none should perish, but that all should come to Jesus. His will, his desire is that none should perish. Let's just stand together and uh, let's, let's just... Uh, Jesus. Thank you, Daryl. There's just so much richness in that. I feel like there's, uh, there's just so many levels and depths, so I encourage you to go and listen into that again. I, I always like to try and take away something from a Sunday and just say, what, what's, the, what's the one or two things that I, I really feel like I need to implement or make adjustments in? And I, I feel like I picked up personally four things this morning. Firstly, is it's just a deeper calling to a deeper level of intimacy with Him. Secondly, it's don't neglect the gathering. <laughs> don't neglect the fellowship. Don't neglect the coming together. There were two others. <clears throat> um, <laughs> one is, um, one is that, that, oh, we, we put our hands up. I, I didn't see behind me, but I, I, I know that the majority of us put our hands up to say we recognize that we have gifts and callings. And the fourth thing was this, is what do we do with those gifts and callings? We heard the story of one man that made a huge impact on this world. And we know the fallout of that has been horrific in so many ways. But what is the potential of what that could have been? <laughs> the influence of one man. And so had he experienced the light and the goodness of, and the love of God through the gifts and the callings that we have in our lives, imagine the difference that we could have made. So I want to encourage us with those four things that I personally have felt this morning. What is it that you felt that God's challenged you into making the adjustments in? And let's do that. Daryl, would you just come and pray for us as we close this morning? And um, just before we do that, I, uh, I neglected to, to mention something earlier. I just wanted to welcome Michelle and Daryl. They got engaged in the summer Michelle's been a part of Trinity for many years. It's great to uh, have you with us this morning. And uh, just say hi to her afterwards. Daryl, would you uh, just close in prayer for us? Thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, Del reminded me something about the end of that story regarding Hugh Hefner. You know what his, his last words in that interview was? As a grown man, I guess I am just still a little boy looking for love. We get to be the light. We get every single connection that we have. Every single connection we get, we have, that God puts us in divine connection with, we get to make the difference in. And it's not us, it's Christ in us. You don't have to separate yourself five different ways. You just have to be obedient with where you are presently. And so let's just lift our hands and let's just, can we just, as a sign of surrender, you know, just lifting our hands is a sign of surrender. We need to do naturally what is going to hit with the supernatural, surrendering to him. Father, we just, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're, alive and well, and you're moving in the earth today. That, God, you're moving in power across the earth today. 
that people are being saved and healed and delivered today. Father, we cry out for Victoria. We cry out for our families. We cry out for our community that you would come and move. We give you full access to move in us, Lord God. We pray, God, that we would fall deeply in love with you in 2020. That, God, we would fall to our knees more and more and more because we would just recognize that our deep, deep need for you, Lord. I pray, if anything, when we leave this place today, that there would be such a hunger over Trinity, over this family, Lord. There would be a hunger for more of your presence, Lord. That we would do nothing but just talk and chase after your presence, Lord God. So that you could come. We thank you for what you've done here. But we know you have more. So much more. Because you want to bring revival and your move across this city, Lord. Across this island, Lord. So I pray, God, today. As we leave this place, may we go forth, Lord, as the family of light, the family that makes the difference because we carry you, Jesus, with us. This week, make the difference, Lord. Thank you for divine connections, Lord, with people in our workplaces, on the bus, on the street, in our schools. Lord, divine connections, Lord, we pray that we can say 